Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We got Woo. the show's namesake, BJ Shea. It is a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Running the boards is Joey D. Hey. Yeah, and on today's show, I will be talking with the one, the only, the Chucky. Yes, that Chucky. I don't want it. Oh, Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you mean worry the, about the, it. The killer thing? The killer doll himself, or I at least the man it. who voices him. All right. We'll also be talking with talking TV with Lower Decks, something called Oat Studios Volume 1, mm-hmm. Inside Job, and maybe more, but of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Does Oat Studio give me oat lattes? No. Oh, okay. Well, then fine. <laughs> Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. But no oat lattes, I guess. <laughs> uh, but just search BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. Yeah, so many ways to find us and get a hold of us and subscribe to us so you can uh, not miss any podcast episodes. Tell a friend and say, hey, do you like horror? Do you, I know it's the day after Halloween, but you know what's still going on right now? Chucky on, uh, Chucky on Sci-Fi and oh, on USA. It's a whole yeah. series. It started a couple weeks ago. You can go check it out right now because it's still available on YouTube and way many ways for you to get it. But of course, right now, I've got Mr. Brad Dorf with me to talk about the show and a lot more. Brad, how are you doing today, sir? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm super excited to be able to talk to you about this because Chucky is back on Sci-Fi and the USA Network on Tuesdays, and you are bringing back the voice of Chucky. You are, I mean, you've been the man for so long, or the doll, I guess, at this point in time. <laughs> What's it? Yeah. Now, what is yeah, it? Yeah, I was uh, since the 80s. Now it's well, toward the end of the eighties, and it's been such a long time. And I mean, Chucky at this point is an absolute horror icon. And how does yep. it feel to be able to be playing this character for this long? Well, um, you know what's scary is like you know uh, Don and I look at each other and we we don't look the same. You know? <laughs> We've been doing this for a long time. You know. And I mean, yeah, pe- yeah, people know you from, I mean, literally from like across decades, like they can pinpoint a decade in which you've done a movie even back all the way to the 70s. And somebody somewhere knows something that you've done. And I've, obviously with Chucky, the voice is very recognizable, but you've been some of my favorite characters in the past, including being uh, uh, Doc on Deadwood. Like, I just... I, I love all of the stuff that you've done, and even people may recognize you as Wormtongue as well from the Lord of the Rings. Like, everybody knows something that you've done. Well, well thank you. <laughs> I, I, I hope that's okay. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So far, no one's run me out of town, so <laughs> I guess I'm all right. What's it, what's it like um, coming back to Chucky? Uh, just even like, I mean, the last couple of years, you've still been putting out movies as him. What's it like to be, you know, donning that voice and going back into that mindset of being a serial murderer slash doll? Um, you know, Chucky, I, I, the great thing about Chucky is he loves his job. So... <laughs> So Chucky, you know, is about play, and, you know, I mean, that's what actors do. They play a part. So, you know, it's fun to go in and play. Um, it's it's not good for my voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can only do it for so long. But, um, but uh, you know, it, it, 
it's fun. What can I tell you? And and it's a family event now. You know, my daughter yeah. played the lead in the last two movies, and um, and she's in it now. And she she's I, I can't tell you what she's what she did in this. You know, but she's done some very surprising and wonderful work in this thing. I've seen her stuff. That's amazing, and, and uh, I'm I'm excited too to uh, uh, just to see what she has to do in this new series as well because it's been said that she will be uh, a part of this, and they're really incorporating the whole universe when it comes down to this. It's it, it's fun because I loved her as Bart in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And wasn't she great? She was amazing. Now we're talking about my daughter, and notice how I perk up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool though because she's going in and kind of um, uh, integrating herself into the legacy that you've had with Chucky as well, which is, I think that's really oh, yeah. fun. Yeah, you know, the first time that she, she was like four or five, I, I, I forget, really a, a, a child, and she came to the studio when I was doing, um, you know, Chucky gets very badly burned, mm-hmm. and he runs around on fire, and I was doing that, which is, you know, screaming like it really happens, like it was really happening, so I was like, excruciating pain and it was loud and it was painful to listen to if you know if I was doing my job right and she heard it and ran out of the studio and we I had to go find her oh no you know <laughs> and, and talk her down and so she went from that to um to uh you know playing the lead that's amazing that's actually that's super fantastic In movies and that's the yeah. one part about it that, like, even the fact that with this horror icon, like, a lot of the times, even, like, when you get into so many sequels uh, with a character like this, you don't know how they're going to be able to reinvent this character, but they've been able to make it an interesting journey. That, that is the genius of uh, Don Mancini, right? Right there, you nailed it. Yeah. I mean, every time that he, that, you know, the genre has changed over the years, and um, every single time that there was, you know, sc- uh, what, Scream happened, and mm-hmm. that changed it, and then uh, we went back to uh, the whole thing of going back to your roots, um, that changed it, and he always found a really, really interesting way of, um, of, uh, of, of doing that, of, of being a part of the, of the way things change. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, hats off to Don Mancini. You know, what can a- I say? Absolutely. And Chucky airs on the USA Network and Sci-Fi at 10 p.m. on Tuesdays. You can get the first couple of episodes right now. They're streaming on all the time. And also, they're just available on all the apps immediately following the air. And, Brad, I just, like, w- do you go back and watch your performances as Chucky? I felt I feel it would be kind of weird to see a, a doll with your own voice on that. So where where do you see it? Well, um, first of all, um, you know, I, I'm not going to watch them until I finished ADR, until I finish, um, you know, doing all the, the episodes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I'll watch some because, but normally, I, first of all, I don't watch horror because it scares the hell out of me. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, you know, I'll, I'll, watch, uh, I'll watch these because obviously I read the script and they're not going to, surprise me that much and it'll be really interesting to see you know how they did it and you know i'll watch my daughter's episodes as well to see how she's doing so i can call her up and you know and, and embarrass her and say how <laughs> wonderful she is she hates when i do that oh. <laughs> um 
I, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's just awesome. I just like, I, I feel that when you're in something like this, and especially the fact that I've seen some interviews with you online going to like horror conventions and stuff, it's, it's fun in terms of, yeah, it's scary, but also the fans are some of the coolest fans out there and so happy that someone is out there going to like even interact with them or talk with them or, you know, be a part of uh, what they're doing because a lot of people, this is their, you know, this is their sort of uh, emotional release to get scared. It's like when you would go to uh, a, a haunted house or something along those lines. You want that adrenaline rush. And I feel Chucky, the series, the movies, all of it have really kind of encompassed that and have made it fun but also terrifying. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the whole point of, of horror. You know, we, we, were, we you know, have the instinct to avoid being prey. And, and, um, and that's the, the scary ride of horror. You know, you're, you're up against a monster you can't negotiate with who's going to kill you. And, um, and it's, and and it's rough, especially when they really actually love what they're doing, especially with Charles Lee Ray slash Chucky. Yeah, I know. He <laughs> loves his job. Chucky loves his job. And it's interesting, I mean, just at this point in time, just to see what's going to be happening. He's hitting back his old hometown. Uh, looks like kind of glomming on in almost a chaotic mentor role with this uh, with this eighth grader. So it's it'll be interesting to see where he turn if he if he goes into somewhat of maybe an antihero or is he still just the bad 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 guy? He's just helping out somebody else find their own way. <laughs> well, you will learn a lot about Chucky. That's the great thing about a series is that it it has to go deeper into character because it's more of an arc, you know, and and so you have to develop the character. So we're going to find out a lot more about Chucky. I love it. Brad Brad Dorff with us today. So happy that you could spend a little bit of time with me. Thank you so much. Again, you can check out the show on Sci-Fi on the USA Network live on Tuesdays, but you can also get it on their apps and everything else. Brad, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with oh, me, man. My pleasure. Again, Sci-Fi and USA both have Chucky on that. I use the Fubo app, which is uh, good for sports, but it also has the chance for you to be able to check out shows like Chucky, which is how I'm watching it, and uh, you can go back and watch uh, the episodes starting at the beginning. So it's a good way to go ahead and go with that. Uh, talking more TV, uh, BJ, I know you are enjoying Lower Decks, the uh, Star Trek animated series. And well, I have enjoyed Lower Decks. What do you mean you have enjoyed well, it? Well, they, they had their second season finale. So, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have to say that um, what I love about what Star Trek has become is it seems like everybody involved you know, the people who are voice acting these shows or live acting these shows, as well as the creators, the writers, and whenever Will Wheaton gets together with his ready room, and he did one for the final episode of season two, man, they're just such delightful people. It's so wonderful <laughs> to see the performers have love for you for loving what they do, whereas that wasn't always the case as a sci-fi fan. You, you know, sometimes the actors seem disinterested. You know, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a thing yeah. that I did. What do I care? Uh, but you know, a lot of these are genuine Star Trek fans. A lot of them came to the, the came to it and said, "Wow, I become a Star Trek fan because I had to prepare for the role, and I I I knew of the phenomenon, but never realized how important it was." And um, Lower Decks is that you got a you got a guy that was a super fan in Mike McMahon, and he was a super fan, and somehow he got he found his way in, got himself into the universe to the point where he get employed, <laughs> to where eventually they go, "Hey, would you like to make a show?" for us 
And he is such a super fan that he puts in just Easter egg. I mean, it is like an entire like a Easter basket convention with this guy, uh, <laughs> with how much is put in there. And um, season two was really a fun season, which culminated in the fact that it, it, it's basically a crew on a California-class starship, which a lot of us don't even know what the heck that is. But yeah. it is a lower-level starship. They don't really... They get sent on all the bad jobs, things that you don't ever see Picard go do. They don't get the glory. You know, they really are just, you know, and then and then it's the story of the lower decks people of the worst one of the worst ships in the fleet. Uh and worst only just because, you know, it's just it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have all the, the bells and whistles. And it takes place after Star Trek the Next Generation. Yeah, but oh, so it's it's sh- okay. a short time after that. So that's the timeline. Um and it's a great animated show, and it and and Mike and Mike McMahon has done a great job, and his team is to crafting great storylines that are new but still fit into canon. I mean, they just found places to bring you know to have humorous enemies and make humor out of things that we know from the show. And um, the season finale was uh, we thought we were going to lose the captain because she was finally recognized and got and given a promotion. And uh, you know, and that, and 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 of course, the you know, Car- Carol Freeman is also the mother of Ensign Beckett Mariner, who's the main character of the show. But we, and you found out in season one that they were actually, you know, we knew, but the ship found out that they were mother daughter. They were trying to keep oh. it because Beckett's uh, Beckett's last name is the same last name as her dad, who was an admiral in Starfleet. But uh, her mom just goes by her. I get, her, I imagine her maiden name. So that's why nobody made the connection. Interesting, but, then, uh, but she didn't want anybody to know. And also, she's she's a you know breaks all the rules. She considers herself a Kirk. <laughs> she says, "I'm a Kirk type. I break all the rules. I do what I want." <laughs> and and her mom goes, "No, you just do that because you don't want people close to you, and you just push away everybody." And it's really ooh, cuts deep. <laughs> yeah, there's some really you know good mom daughter stuff on the show. And um, well, you know, we, it turns out we thought, okay, uh, you know, she's getting a promotion, and she can't take who she wants with her. You know, they're kind of like. Well, you're going up to a bigger ship now, and you need bigger, you know, people that are more qualified. Yeah. And she's like, "But my crew is, you know." So the crew found out that she was getting a promotion. She wasn't going to tell them yet, and that was a problem. Of course, Beckett was the one that revealed it to everybody. Um, and eventually, you go, "Oh, okay, it's all going to get resolved. We're not going to lose our captain." And then at the end of the episode, we lose our captain for another completely different reason. Ooh. Not that she's dead, but okay. she's in. <laughs> yeah, but there's big drama that takes her off the ship after all. Uh, very, very well done. The episode was called First, First Contact. And basically, it was like, you know, there's first contact. Yeah. But what, how about, like, what was the time when Picard actually made first contact with somebody? That would be his first, first contact. Okay, I see what they're doing with it. That's funny. And so this was the Cerritos, the USS Cerritos' first contact. And they weren't supposed to do it. They were sort of like a support ship who was told, <laughs> hang by the asteroid in case anything goes wrong. Don't do anything. Definitely we'll, don't talk to them. And we'll get the, you know, we'll get the Enterprise, <laughs> that we'll get the higher class ship, that kind of ship going in there and doing it. Um, and it was really a good episode because there's a character from Star Trek The Next Generation. I believe she's from Star Trek. Sonia Gomez. Uh, somebody, I think she's from one of the old Star Trek shows, and she was like an ensign or something. 
And it was cool that here it is years later, she's the commander of a starship making uh, first contact. It's those wow. little things, those little things that Mike McMahon does where you take a character, they well, whatever happened to Sonya? I don't know. She was probably a guest star for one episode. Maybe she was in engineering. I forget who Sonya was myself, to be honest, yeah, but I remember, she I remember was, her. She was in uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good call. Wow. Yeah. And so she's a captain in, you know, in future years. That's cool stuff. You know, they have so many things that even go way over my head that I have, you know, that I'll watch it. I'll actually watch these YouTube videos and go, hey, did you catch all the uh, Easter eggs? Here you go. <laughs> uh, so it was a great season. If you love animation and if you love Star Trek or if you don't love either one, but you love <laughs> or, or you don't love both, but you love one of the two. You're gonna love that. You're gonna love this show. Um, Kayla LaFrance, who she and I don't always agree on the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also don't agree on how smart the other person is because, well, you know, we, we're not really similar in that department because she's a rocket scientist, literally. <laughs> yeah, she works and at I, NASA, <laughs> and I'm a dope. Um, but she loves this show. She loves it. I love it. So it's like finally, Kayla, something new that we both can agree on. <laughs> I didn't realize uh, that Mike uh, McMahon or McMahon, or however you pronounce his last name, is one of the writers for Rick and Morty. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like he's so he's cre- got he's got a pedigree. Oh yeah, he's done uh, quite a few animated things. And he's a massive Trek fan. So he he finally wormed his way into there and um you know it's 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 so well done. Uh it's called Star Trek Lower Decks. It's on Paramount Plus. And uh yeah, if you got a Star Trek fix, uh, this this is a fun it's a fun show. You they they really they do a good job with it. Uh speaking of animated show last month there was one that dropped off of Netflix called Inside Job. And this seems kind of an interesting sort of get up. And you've been watching it, right, BJ? Yeah, I watched episode one because okay. I didn't I didn't know about this. I yeah. said, well, let me let me just check it out quickly for the podcast. I feel like this is a show Vicky would like. Probably. It just it's the main character, Reagan, who I think, oh yeah, this I mean, she reminds me of Vicky with a little less I mean, Vicky doesn't have as much attitude, but yeah. it's, oh. it's <laughs> but but she's you know I mean, and you know she's a smart person that knows what she's doing and yet doesn't seem to get credit for it. And and, Vic, and, and that doesn't sound little, like me. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, it sounds like a little. She's got a little chip on her shoulder about all of this. And uh, Christian Slater is in it. Lizzie Kaplan, who you we you know Lizzie Kaplan. She was in the uh, Masters of Masters of Sex, and she was the assistant oh, yeah. in that. She was the Lizzie, best friend in Mean Girls. Yeah, Lizzie's a terrific, a terrific actor. So she's a great voice actor in this one. And Clark Duke is in this, and you guys will know Clark from a lot of like Hot, Hot Tub, Tub Time, Time Machine. Machine. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say that yeah. one. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan, I think, was also in that. So uh, it's got and Christian Slater got a good cast, and it basically is the story of well, you know, and I love that they're poking fun at what's going on in the world. You know, everybody's got their conspiracy theories. Oh yeah. Well, imagine if you had a show that basically took every conspiracy theory that people had and then said, yes, they're all true, and this one organization is responsible for all of them. Wow. <laughs> okay. And, and, and Reagan Ridley works for that organization, and they're bringing in a new guy because Reagan thinks she should get a promotion, uh, but unfortunately, she just is a little not too good with the people <laughs> and kind of a crank and kind of a know-it-all, and her father also went insane and kind of they had to kick him out of the company. So she's just, uh, they're like, well, we don't think, you, we, we love you. But we don't think you should be running things. And so they bring in a new guy that's totally just Mr. Jock, Mr. Get Along with Everybody, Mr. Golf Course, and yet has no clue about anything. But he's got charm, charisma, and he can get people motivated. And the two of them have to work together. Fair enough. 
And they, the first episode was how they had to replace the president with a robot. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, because that's what uh, I mean, any conspiracy is going to have a robot president in it. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> and I do believe the robot, Robotus, uh, was Chris Diamantopoulos, who played the super rich guy in Silicon Valley that always wanted to be a billionaire and he was hiring Richard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy was like basically like the, the a, a human version of a monster energy drink. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, kind of yeah. looks like the Wish.com version of Vanderbeek. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bobby Lee does that. a voice for this. Uh, yeah. John DiMaggio, which a lot of people know his voice work. Yep. Uh, they got some good people in this. And um, it's Inside Job. It's on Netflix. And of course, all the episodes have dropped. I will probably, you know what, watch a couple more episodes. But I think Vicky. I'll probably uh, be done with it by the time you watch the next episode. Yes. <laughs> because I feel like, you know, Archer's, you, the Archer's over. You need something mm-hmm. animated. And it feels like this is your show. Yeah. I've been actually. So I watched Archer over and over again for a while. Like that was my my comfort show for like three, four weeks. And now I'm ready for the next one. Well, there you go. This one right here might be one for you right there. Inside Job on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Moving on from that. This was an interesting one because I didn't know anything about it. Started doing a little tiny bit of research and now I'm very intrigued. BJ, I had to ask him, like, what the hell is Oats Studios Volume 1? And then you sold it to me just because of the, the director that it comes from. Yes, and I never can say his name, Rev. Do you know how to say it? Neil, <laughs> Neil Blomkamp? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Neil Blomkamp, oh. exactly. Oh, he did a good job. Yeah, oh. and if, if you don't know him, District 9, Elysium, and Chappie are yes. three of the big movies that he was a part of. And he does it. I mean, he his take on sci-fi is, I, I love his take on sci-fi. And boy, he has not stopped with that. This is sort of like, you know, when we, when we you know, a lot of kids that grew up in the 50s, 60s, 70s, Got to read these science fiction short stories, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, and there have been some shows like Philip A. Dick's show on Prime uh, that's, that that basically is an anthology of different science fiction shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Mirror has that vibe, and this is another one. It's an anthology, and it's just called Oat Studios. But each episode is, um, you know, it's it's a whole different thing. And the first one, of course, right out of the bank. And here's the funny thing: I'm looking at this. And it says that this was done, like, the one that I watched, Raka, it says it was done in 2017. Yeah, so here's the deal with this. I don't understand why I'm just seeing it now. Because it is, all of them are available on YouTube, but what it looks like he's done is that he's put them all together, because they are all individually their own YouTube, and you can even watch them on YouTube right now, but they have put them together for Volume 1 if you've got Amazon Prime. So it's the full thing... Oh, and then now you can watch all of the other ones as well. How did I miss this on YouTube? I mean, gosh, no idea. Not, so wow. yeah, some of them have been out for as long as uh, about four years now, about what twenty seventeen or so on some of them. So it looks like this has just put them all together in one easy to digest sort of a uh, thing. Because even if you go to the website for it, it has the links, and you can watch it right on the website, which is just oatsstudios.com, and you can go to projects and it'll show them. You can play them right on the website, or you can use your YouTube app or whatever you have to watch those but also if you have amazon prime you can watch it all as one big thing well sigourney weaver is in the first episode called raka and uh it's uh you know hey guess what we have a dystopian future but this time it's because unknown aliens lizard-like beings that basically just use us for food and to experiment on and they don't give a flying fish about us at all (laughs) we're like we're like we, we really are like lab rats to these these lizard creature aliens that have the ability to mind control us so we can't even it's hard to even resist them and fight back 
because they just take take you over. So, uh, but they're like you know they're they're shorts. They're like this one's only twenty two minutes long. The one mm-hmm. I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. boy, is it action packed. Really? Uh, yeah. So I haven't watched the rest of them. There are. It looks like there are. Wow. There's a lot of them. There's, there's a lot of them. Fourteen yeah, yeah. of them that yeah. are on Prime or like you said, Rev. You can watch them on YouTube or on the website. Uh, but Neil Blomkamp does some great work. He really, really he does. does. Yeah. Uh, so check it out if you have a sci-fi fix. Uh, Prime, YouTube, like Rev said, their website, and it's just Oat Studios. Uh, that's what you you'll do the search under. And now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? So it looks like we may be getting another Super Smash Brothers, but without it being Super Smash Brothers. Okay. Oh, that's uh, what. What? Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? What does that mean? Uh, So there is rumor. So Warner Brothers has not made a formal announcement, but it's looking like they're going to make a video game that's their version of the Super Smash Brothers. So Warner Brothers owns a lot of things. Yeah, that's like, there can be a lot of things that are going on because like Warner Brothers is definitely Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah. So. And for those, I mean, if you're not into video games or don't know what Super Smash Brothers is, is basically Nintendo... Basically getting all a lot of their, not all of them, new characters or old characters all together to do like Battle Royale style fighting. Yeah, yeah. It's a fighting game that uh, essentially you're trying as one of those many characters to knock it, another character off of the platform. Like you got Kirby, Mario, Peach, it's I, a Pikachu. Big, like, f- like at least four players at one time. It's a really mm-hmm. fun party game. Well, I mean, fun until you lose and then you get mad at your friends right. and then fights ensue. And that's when you get a snack. <laughs> but what uh, this article is saying is if they make a video game inspired by Super Smash Brothers, it could pe- potentially have you pit Shaggy from Scooby-Doo up against Batman. <laughs> the working title for the game is uh, known as right. Multiverse, and not many other details are known. It's alleged that they're making it on a tight budget, and it's already been tested with some fans. But like I said, it, there is no formal announcement as of yet. But it's like it sure reminds us how many characters are at their disposal, like Gandalf from The Lord of the Rings and also Tom and Jerry. Betty Rubble. Oh, my God. (laughs) Betty Rubble against Gandalf. Could you see Bam Bam just laying waste to everybody? That would be hilarious. They probably obviously wouldn't pick every single characters from every show. You pick the the fan favorites, if you will. So I think Bam Bam would probably maybe a Bam Bam and Pebbles team up. That would be be hilarious. Now, and then even on that aspect, I mean, you look at like Smash Brothers, and they they release the original roster, mm. and then they'll start doing like DLC add-ons and stuff until they're finally like, here's the final, you know, completed uh, fight roster for this game. You can go and you can just keep on rolling them out indefinitely if you really want to because that's just DLC. People are going to be complaining that they want their own specific character, or they're going to be super stoked when they finally see one that they really love. This is very entertaining. And I know that they recently just did like a huge announcement, Super Smash Brothers, on like the new characters that mm-hmm. are going to be a part of it. And a lot of people are pissed off that Waluigi isn't a part of it. <laughs> There's no Waluigi. There's no, no Waluigi. For Wall Wednesdays? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Nope. We're talking about this on a Monday because there's no Wednesdays oh. for Waluigi. There's no Waluigi. Yeah, there's a uh, I believe it was, uh, I think Sora from Kingdom Hearts made mm-hmm. it in this year. It's, oh, it yeah. almost feels like the Toy Hall of Fame or something. Or the, exactly, yeah. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who's going to make it in this year? Oh, yeah. And there were, I even saw some videos of some people with, like, even the, the reaction for Sora. Like, people were super stoked about it. I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts other than it's another RPG that basically smashes all of the, like, the Disney properties all together. Right. It's basically Final Fantasy meets Disney. Mm-hmm. And you have your main character, Sora who 
teams up with like Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy. I've always seen it with Donald Duck and Donald Duck is screwing it all up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just weird to see Goofy all ready to fight. Right? And I think uh, so he doesn't actually have a full on weapon. He has a Mm keyblade, which I think I was reading somewhere saying that because, um, you know, Disney's very particular about their properties and stuff. They don't want a sword or any kind of weapon with Mickey Mouse. So like associated. So that's why they did a keyblade. So it's a gigantic key that, oh, you can just bonk people with, I guess. I mean, it still looks cool, and I've oh, seen yeah. it cosplayed, and it's great. But, but super amazing. I, I mean, if they do come out with this, is it going to be good? If it's a tight budget? Right. And it's uh, with those games, they're not necessarily hard to make, because there's a game out there, a little indie game called Brawlhalla, which is still rolling pretty <laughs> good for a while, and it's been doing it for quite a while. We talked about it years ago. Um, but I would just, I want to see what the roster would be. Right? Like, it's not even, even if I don't get to play it, I just want to know who would be in it. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe they should do an app-type game. Mm-hmm. Oh, or, I, yeah, yeah, totally. Something, like, yeah, who knows. But we want to know what who you would put on the roster for sure for a WB1 or even the Super Smash Brothers. Who do you want to see on the roster? Totally. And until next time, stay nerdy.